The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The NHL and the Players Association announcing on Friday that the return to play protocols featuring Edmonton and Toronto as hub cities and a four-year extension to the current collective bargaining agreement has been ratified. The NHL Board of Governors and the union's full membership gave the documents, which were tied together in an all-or-nothing bundle, the thumbs-up in separate votes. Training camp started today. Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports, joins us this afternoon. Hello, Reed. Hey, Jalen. Nice to talk to you. Hope you had a good week off. I did have a good week off, and thank you for covering on Friday. And I have to, um, I have to admit, I listened in. I, I tried not to listen all week. Try to turn off, uh, you know, social media. Try to turn off TV, radio, that sort of stuff, just for a little break. But I was listening on Friday afternoon, and you had two of my favorite guests of all time on, Eric Elper and Nick Pope. I just, I love talking to them both. As did I, and Chris Predator <laughs> Grant took very good care of me, knowing that those guests were uh, in you know in my area of interest as well. It was it was it was fun. I kept the kept the chair warm for you, but of course it's your throne, and it's nice to have you back. Oh yes, my throne. Yes. Okay. So let's talk. Uh, what's going on right now? I mean, we were waiting for announcements, waiting for announcements. The announcements came. Training camp started today. What can you tell us about? Uh, you know what was happening there uh, and and i'm not necessarily super interested in you know who is playing with who but i'm you know some of the protocols that had put in place to make sure that everyone is protected that sort of thing yeah well it's 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 going to be different obviously uh i mean i'll, I'll start from uh, a media standpoint and today was at rogers place the rest of training camp is going to be at the downtown community rink because they got to get rogers place ready to be a host rank for for games so mm-hmm. it's going to be the nhl logo on the ice and and all that kind of stuff um so you know from a media standpoint and this ties into the player safety as well uh we got to be spaced out we got to wear masks when we're in the rink we got to get a temperature check when we go in you can't go in if you've been feeling sick a lot of things that apply in you know businesses workplaces mm-hmm. restaurants things like that um all the all the interviews with players and coaches are done over zoom which is how we've been doing it throughout this when, whenever a player would be available, but it'll continue to be that way. So after practice today, uh, all the media could, uh, could log into zoom and, and it was streamed on the Oilers sites as well, but, and then you, you can ask a question through that. So you can't go into the dressing room and maybe talk mm-hmm. to a player or get a one-on-one like you would in the past, but that's, uh, that's how everything is happening there. And then, they're getting the bubble ready, right? And and what's interesting, and you know, John Shannon last week on on Inside Sports, uh, Elliot Friedman talking to Bob last week, Brian Burke talking to Bob last week. This two week window between now and the twenty sixth, when the teams come to the bubble, this is this is the big one, right? Because players are still in their home cities. Yeah, which have varying levels of cases and varying levels of um, thoroughness, shall we say, in terms of uh, how you might be taking care of yourself and of each other. And, and we know what it's looked like in, especially some cities in the United States, where really they're 
acting like there really isn't anything going on and you see the cases going up. So, I mean, you have NHL teams in Florida and Dallas and, and and places like that. So, and obviously, you know, there's the reports about the Montreal players uh, over over the weekend, the three Canadians might've tested positive. So that is sort of the, that is sort of the concern there is can they get, almost everybody into the bubble healthy or, or if not, yeah. you know, if, if you're short a player too, can they heal? Can they get better? Be, you know, not have any symptoms and, and then come in and, and then, you know, like it's good. It's, I, I know what everybody says, well, hockey is a, is a contact sport. So how do you avoid breathing on each other or yeah, spit yeah. flying? You can't, but the players are going to be tested a lot. And, and you know, the plan is daily once they're in the bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. So if there is a, a positive test, that player is pulled out of the team environment right away. And it's interesting, too, uh, you know, most players have their own hotel rooms as it is when they travel. Uh, you know, the entry-level contract, contract players often have to have a roommate, but everybody's going to have their own room. It was interesting reading when it when it came out a few days ago about how players are going to be fed and they won't have any contact with, with serving staff. They'll have to take their dishes and put them in a, you know, the bins or whatever. And then once the players go, the, 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 the the hotel staff will come in and and then clean up. So it's just all about limiting interaction with people who may have been outside, outside the bubble. So a lot, a lot of more, a lot more rules for the players to follow besides just what they're hearing from their coaches. Yeah. Very interesting. And you, you mentioned uh, John Shannon uh, a couple of minutes earlier. Uh, he was on with, uh, with Stoff on Oilers now last week. He, he had been talking about um, the role that Daryl Cates played in, in all of this and, and bringing it to fruition and as well. There was a really interesting article in the journal that uh, kind of, um, you know, offered some insight into that on um, on getting this nailed down what what do you know on that front about about his involvement and and how that um, you know that voice when he laid out everything and looked at the numbers down south um, might have swayed some decisions well I think and I mean that's the one thing that, that John said too is that is that Kate's actually got involved in, in a couple of calls with the league and a lot of times he doesn't right Bob Nicholson might or Kevin Lowe might be involved but but Kate's got more involved than he would usually and I think Jalen that was just part of a whole very dogged and persistent and thorough push by the Oilers Entertainment Group to stay in this fight mm-hmm. I mean I think we saw um you know, we get it in Edmonton. People take shots at us because the city's not as big, and it, there's a lot of snow in the in the winter and all that kind of stuff. And and there's just the perception that that's what it's like year round. And we saw, you know, Ryan Kessler, who loves to take jabs at Oilers fans, tweeting out <laughs> that all the NHL players would be hoping that it wasn't Edmonton. But I think OEG realized that if if they were going to stay in this fight, they they had to make a lot of noise, right? And we saw. We saw several pushes on on social media, uh, you know, several announcements and videos going out showcasing Edmonton, showcasing Alberta, and then they just constantly kept it in there. And, and I don't think they, I, I, I think they, they never thought that they could just kind of uh, just sit back and and put it out there and and let the bid speak for itself, even though it was a good bid because of what we have in ice district and because of the COVID numbers being low in Edmonton, I think they realized that they still had to, you know, wave the banner and and shoot up the flares and make sure they were going to get noticed because obviously 
I mean, let's face it, two and a half weeks ago, it was going to be Vegas and Vancouver. And Vegas yeah. was a front yeah. runner all along, all along till the, the COVID cases just got too alarming. So I think that, I think that, you know, that Cates himself got involved to an extent and that really Bob Nicholson, Tim Shipton, uh, Stu Ballantyne with OEG and all the people who worked on the bids just, just never, never sort of settled and never said, okay, we've done enough. It's out of our hands. They kept pushing and they never, like, I think they realized Edmonton was an underdog, but I think instead of behaving like, well, we're just going to try. I think they thought, okay, well, we're an underdog. So how do we, how do we push past the people who might be favored ahead of us? Reed Wilkins joining us this afternoon. Of course, you know him as the host of inside sports Reed, um, How is the tournament uh, going to work as far as number of games a day and, and more, most importantly when and what times do we know what times the Oilers are playing at we don't yet that that should be announced well actually I don't know when it's going to be announced <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm going to like I, I would guess that they'll play the an afternoon game on August 1st yeah. and d- d- there's going to be either five or six games a day. So some days there will wow. be two games in Edmonton, some games there will be three, and some games wow. there will be two in Toronto, and some some days there will be three. So that will be like that through the qualifying round. So we know the Oilers play on the 1st, 3rd, and the 5th of August. If game yeah. four is needed, it's on the 7th, and if game five is needed, it's on the 8th. So, I, I, I mean, Winnipeg and Calgary is the other game on Saturday, August 1st, so I would guess the Oilers would probably play at 1230 or 1. And then the other game would be in the evening. As for the other games beyond that, I mean, if I had to guess, I would think the Oilers would get the evening slot, which would be 8 or 8.30. But yeah. because the the round robin games, they want a position in that 4 or 4.30 slot because they know there won't be extended overtime because they're going to be okay. five minutes overtime and then a shootout. And then the thing is with the games for all the series that are best of fives, they won't announce the start times for games four and five till they see how many games there are, right? Because they're not going to say, well, this game is at noon, but then it's the only game that day because the other series have ended. I mean, they'd sooner have it in, in an evening slot. So it's better for, better for television. So I, I don't know the exact times there's going to be an exhibition game. I I don't know against, I mean, John Shannon thinks it's probably going to be against Calgary. Um, but we don't know that for sure, and we don't know exactly what day it would be on. I, I think it's going to be interesting, you know, behind the scenes to see, you know, how they're going to maintain that ice uh, in Rogers, how they're going to make sure that things are sanitized, that they're, you know, following all those protocols. To me, that is uh, one of the things that I would love to be a fly on the wall just just to see if you're playing what four games a day on our three games, four games a day. Oh, you okay? Uh, on the ice. Yeah, just sorry, just dropped my phone. <laughs> What does that mean, right? Well, I think I think the ice here will be fine. Um, three games a day max, right? And that's just that's only in the early rounds. I mean, eventually we're going to get to one game a day, right? So um, the practices are going to be at the downtown community rink and at Terwilliger. So you know the ice is still going to be used a, a lot, but I mean you got to remember some days it's an Oilers practice, it's an Oil Kings practice. There might be an alumni skate or something going on, and then there might be uh, a, a game. And one thing, uh, Jalen, a lot of people might not know this: there were several games this past year 
where after I'd finished overtime open line in studio 99, I, I go back up to the press box to, you know, yeah. wrap up my, my stuff and, and pack up to go home. And there would be like a men's league game being played oh, or cool. some, yeah. some, some sort of other game. So the ice does get used a lot. So, and, and I mean, it, it's, it's hot in Edmonton in the summer, but it's not 40 degrees and muggy. Right. That's so right. I do think the ice will, will be in better shape than it might've been in a place like Vegas. Reed Wilkins checking in this afternoon. Reed, I appreciate your time. I know you're trying to get ready for your show coming up just after 6 o'clock, but lots of questions from a lot of people coming in this afternoon. Uh, Brian wanted to know, because uh, we, we know that some players are, have uh, opted out for various different reasons, um, and this one says, hey, if a, a team wins the Stanley Cup and a player has chosen to sit out, does he still get his name on the cup? I w- that's a good question. I, I would guess in that situation they would use the same rules um, that they would use because sometimes a player could get injured right before the playoffs, right? Yeah. And if you play yeah. enough regular season games, uh, I got I got to I got to double check those rules. But I would think if he fit the requirements, otherwise, I, I would think he would. And and where the the finals are being played here in Edmonton. The conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. Yes. So the qualifying round and the first two rounds of the Eastern Conference will be in Toronto. Then the two surviving teams will come here to play the Eastern Conference final. All right. Very good. Okay. So we've cleared that all up on on the text line. Uh, Just before we run out of time here. I'll just quickly um, say this. A player must have played at least 41 games with the club or one game in the Stanley Cup finals to get your name on the Stanley Cup. So Mike Green, in other words... Uh, would not get his name on the yeah. cup under under those rules. Yeah, I, I saw some some uh, some folks, um, you know, giving some flack to some of these players who are making this decision not to play, and I don't think that's fair. I mean, it's obviously a very very difficult decision, and they're making it for, and oftentimes, you know, health reasons. Maybe it has to do with a loved one, their kids, whatever. I, I just don't think that's fair. No, it's it's a total. It. Yeah, because it's a total no questions asked, and that's why the league and the union put it in. That if you're not comfortable, you, you just yeah. say you're not you're not playing, and you're not you're not yeah. coming in. It's that simple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Washington Redskins uh, changing the fact that they're, they're they've announced that they're officially dropping the Redskin part of their name. Uh, your thoughts on what's happened there, and and what do you think that this looks like moving forward? Well. the I mean, they said they're going to retire the name, which I think is an, an appropriate way to put it because, you know, they, they were called that. And, and I don't think that you should act like they were never called that. I think you yes. should acknowledge that's what the team was called and educate people going forward as to why the the change was made. Dan Schneider, the owner of the team, he was adamant <laughs> about this. He's owned the team for yes. about 21 years and he was always basically no way to forget about it. But some pretty important sponsors have, have stepped in. And I think in this environment, it was hard for him to justify keeping the name. Um, I am curious to see because they, they, I was double checking they're still the Redskins, right? They're still yes. the Redskins. So maybe, maybe this year they're still going to be the Redskins. I know a lot of people already just call them the Washington NFL team. And, and uh, even though I've used it a few times here, I, I try not to use it too yes. much. Now we just wait and see the fallout for other teams such as the Edmonton Eskimos, which was a big mm-hmm. discussion point on a couple of episodes of Inside Sports last week. And I, I, I heard some really well thought out, mature opinions on the calls and on the text line. So I was, I was happy to have that interaction. But here's the thing, Jalen, th- like the NFL is is the league in North America. I, I mean, we often talk about a big four, 
there isn't really a big four. There's a gigantic one, and then there's a pretty big three. And that's the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. NFL is the gigantic one. So if somebody, if a team in the NFL does it, it's pretty hard for teams in other leagues to say they're not going to do it. Now, I don't think every uh, name is on exactly the same level. To me, Redskins was that... Uh, you know, I think a level of offense and, and uncomfortable uncomfortableness that was a little beyond other team names, including the Eskimos. But I mean, the es- here here's the here's the tough thing for the Eskimos. They're they're in this cycle of someone says they don't like it, put out a statement. Three months yep, later, yep. someone says it. Like at some point, that has to end. And unfortunately, well, maybe not unfortunately, but realistically, the only way for that to end, I think, is is by actually changing the name. And now the thing is for the Eskimos and the CFL. Right now, there's no league going on. So there are other things to worry about. I mean, maybe they just come out and say, you know what? We realize we have to change it. But right now, we have staff that are laid off, players that aren't getting paid, coaches that have been laid off. And we need to figure that out and get back onto the field before we figure out a new name. Reed, always great to talk to you, talk to you um, get your insight into all things when it comes to sports. We'll check in again in a couple hours, find out what's coming up on the show tonight, okay? See you. You betcha. That's Reed Wilkins joining us this afternoon.